Adults are predictable. They expect you to behave as though what you do today is going to have an effect on where you'll be in 30 years. I mean, it's ridiculous to think that there's going to be anything in 30 years. I don't know what's worse, you know? Being blown up in a nuclear war or having a 7-Eleven on every corner. You want it to be just like you? I think maybe if I had your I thought that was a fine trailer. Did you guys notice the, the logo? Um, I did. I did really enjoy good. the font. It was really good. The font yeah. was really cool. It was really cool. So, <laughs> do you know what the term "gleaming the cube" actually means? It means achieving ultimate bliss, like a Buddha. Oh, like really? Yeah, yep. he talked about that. His buddy he in did. the film talked about that. Yep. So, Dan, why don't we? Since we just watched that trailer, give us an intro. Say, welcome us to Movie and a Beer. All right. Welcome to Movie and a Beer. This is Dan Kapersky, and we'd like to, first of all. Thank you all for being safe during this wonderful COVID time. Thank you for listening. And tonight we're going to be discussing a really cool movie back from 1989, which is amazingly old. I was a senior in high school for, oh my God, it was a long time ago. A really long time ago. Everyone's laughing. Like, there's people who are in there like, how old were you? I was four years old. All right. So. No, five. five. Tonight we have with us our usual cast and crew. Randall. Blake. Yay. So we we had the intent of watching a movie to kind of connect with one of our previous episodes. And that episode covered, I guess we could call it BMX racing. It was the movie Rad. It was, mm-hmm. um, it was a way of life. It was a way of life. It is a way of life. And so we thought about, hey, let's pick another movie that showcased another athletic skill set or sport of some sort. And we thought, hey, what about Gleaming the Cube? And one of our members had not seen it before. And we thought, hey, what a better opportunity than this to experience what we thought was going to be a skate movie from what we had seen in the previews and what we remember, having seen it a very long time ago. We actually thought that this was more about skating, and it was the exact opposite. To be fair, there was skating. There's just also... A murder mystery and weird melodrama and family drama and, and Pizza like, Hut and Pizza Hut shows up a few times in the truck and you know and and we had talked briefly just before we started about what gleaming the cube actually means. What it, does it mean? It, it was brought up in the movie by one of the supporting actors, and and it actually refers to the equivalent of finding your cosmic bliss or you know if you're Buddhist. You know, if you follow Buddhism, you you find your inner Buddha and you become peaceful with yourself in the universe. And and part of it, you know, I, I myself, back when I was doing a lot of um, cycling, mountain biking, there's people that say that you can get into the Zen of whatever it is you're doing and you kind of just are on it. I don't believe that. That's a lie. You don't? <laughs> I do. I, I, I used to get into the Zen of biking and I would bike for three hours and not even know I was biking for three hours. Yeah. Biking for three hours feels like biking three hours from me. <laughs> <laughs> I go for a three-hour bike ride and I feel it. Well, but I, I, mean, hear, I hear what you mean. There's a, there's a, you lose yourself in the, in the sport. Yeah. I, I have that happen with Animal Crossing all the time. I'm always mm. gleaming that Animal Crossing cube. Gleaming, gleaming yeah, the that, Animal Crossing. So, yes. so this movie, gleaming, <laughs> gleaming the Cube. It makes sense. Uh, you know, it, it, it came out in 1989. What was this movie about? Crazy. It was, if, it was a murder mystery. Say, this was a murder mystery. but It was about Tony Hawk. This was about a kid. <laughs> a kid who wants to skateboard. A kid who wants to skateboard. Just, he's a little an- an- anarchist. He's a l- 
He has that yeah, line. He's, uh, a, he's a Southern California punk. He's in Orange County, and he, yeah. he skateboards. He looks he like a punk. Pretty well adjusted. He is pretty well adjusted. His family doesn't have a lot of money, but they're obviously rich enough to buy him right. some expensive skateboarding stuff and and that computer. And they have and he has a a, a brother who is adopted, who's Asian and right. Vietnamese, and part of the Vietnamese community, and kind of shunned. And part of the movie touches on that about the cultural They never differences. explain why, how that happened, which was a little strange for me. Eh, kind of, it's just an open-ended book. Yeah. But he seemed pretty enlightened, this kid, Christian Slater's character. He was asking big questions in the beginning, like, where am I going to be in 30 years? How can you even think where that... Where will any of us be in 30 years? How can you think that anything will exist in 30 years? I yeah. know. That, those are deep questions for a skater. Punk. It is deep. And and it's interesting. So the the kind of subplot is that there's you know, shipments of equipment, medical supplies supposed to be going back to Vietnam. Anti-communist party stuff. Oh, yeah. There was a bunch of anti-communist stuff in this movie. And lo and behold, it wasn't just medical supplies. And the wait, poor, wait, wait. What was it? You know, they, they discover there's other things being shipped back because the weights didn't match up. Like like Beanie Babies? Well, if you could throw a Beanie Baby at, you know, 200 miles per hour and hit somebody with it, then sure. <laughs> okay, so maybe not Beanie Babies. Uh... Being bags? <laughs> I don't, yeah. I'm not sure I'm on the bees right now. Mm. Oh, because it's full of bullets. Yes. <laughs> Guns and bullets. This Damn. movie did not do well. No, it didn't. It, it, it barely made enough to cut. Yeah. <laughs> budget, the budget 10 million. 10 million and it only grossed two. Worldwide gross two. That's two and a half. That's a pretty big loss. But hey, you know, it was young Christian Slater and a bunch of other fairly well-known Hollywood actors. Ed Lauder yeah. is the dad. He's He was in a lot of stuff back then. I mm-hmm. just don't think people were ready to talk about Vietnam. Maybe not. Oh, and that did yeah, play probably a, not. That, that played a part of it. There was some cultural <laughs> aspects to it. They they went to a couple of, of Vietnamese cultural events. Mm-hmm. He showed up trying to impress the former best friend of his then dead stepbrother or brother. I don't know what you would girlfriend call. was. It, weren't they? Wasn't that his yeah. girlfriend? No, they worked together. Oh, they worked together. That's she right. they were she friends. was the oh. daughter of the owner of the business. Okay, okay they were, yeah. So they were just friends. I don't that makes it a lot dating. less awful to me. Yeah. I was watching yeah. like, what is wrong with this character? What yeah. Christian Slater, awful that's little your monster. Dead brother's yeah. girlfriend. <laughs> it is, and he's totally putting the moves on her. Yeah, so the... <laughs> there is skateboarding. There's there just is not as much as I wanted. <laughs> so so my, my question to the fans is, if you do watch this movie, keep an eye out for Tony Hawk and the lovely pink shirt that he wears in multiple scenes. It's like, you would think that somebody at that point in time in his career who was you know, kind of up and coming would be able to have a wardrobe of more than one or two t-shirts, but no. No, it's not. It. He's not doing it. It's the stylist of the of the yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. Wow, oh. this poster. Oh, he, he's busy. probably just... Uh, that looks like a Nintendo... An the, NES era game cartridge cover. Well, that's kind of what it was. I mean, back then in the late '80s, that's what it was. I mean, it looks like a photo album from photo album cover from uh, like you would see in Miami Vice. Yeah, you know, like action shot with an explosion behind you, and there were explosions. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, there were. So well, look at this. Look we at do it. need to briefly talk about the fact that. Um, yes, this was released in other countries, and the posters look way more interesting in yeah. other countries. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I love. I, I could fall down a. Ooh, they actually have like a cube with pictures on it. That's kind of cool. Look how gleaming that cube is. Yes, no doubt. So, I, I think we need to touch on the fact that this is not necessarily a young child movie. Um, yeah, it's PG thirteen, but they drop a lot of swear words, and there's adult situations all over the place. Yeah, there's what? there's no nudity, but there is definitely some. Um, interaction between people in a very kind of a teenage way. 
<laughs> and there's also a couple of people that get shot, but that's not any worse than what you see on TV today. Even on kids shows, they have way more violence than this movie had. It's just, I but think, the, but there's a lot of swearing and a lot of inside parent, not parent, but like inside it was just adult edgy. jokes. It, it was, was really, just, edgy. it was just really edgy yeah. for '89. It was really trying to push that '89 edge. There was murder. There was. Sexy scenes. There was the whole <laughs> sexy time. There was the whole like, like dealing with the communist problem. There was know? the communist problem. Yeah. There was the which stunt double is this problem? Yeah. There were so many stunt doubles in this. I feel like I was think, it the I same guy? Had, I thought you just had two. I felt no, like one for Vert, like one like for Vert, else. one for uh, Grinds. Because that's obviously not Christian Slater in that picture. We're looking at some pictures, helmet? and and so here's the other thing: yeah, is, you know, perfect half, for a podcast. Half the, <laughs> half the time they're not wearing helmets when they ride their skateboards, and rarely do they put them on. They are rarely wearing pads, and I'm telling you, if you're going to go 60 miles an hour down the freeway on a skateboard attached to a Camaro, yeah, there were some not really um, plausible. That was not realistic at all in any way, shape, or form for anybody who has any clues about skateboarding. I actually have a little bit of trivia on the whole helmet thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, apparently, beans. Christian Slater hated wearing the helmet because he thought he looked dorky. So he would do it when he has to. Because there's a scene where he uh, puts the uh, Chekhov's skate gear on. Gets introduced early in the movie, and he doesn't put it on until like oh, yeah, his, the his, end. His loving mother mm-hmm. spent a him, lot of money. Spent up. a lot of money. Yeah, and he's and, like, "Mom, you shouldn't have done that." Well, she did it because only my health. <laughs> she she actually said, "I really like Watch. watching you skate. You look really awesome, and I want you to be safe." So here's some which to their, gear. Which to their credit, I feel like not a lot of skate uh, products show parents that are like. Oh man, I'm really into this thing. It's always like, dang kids, you're skating. Get, yeah. which I guess the dad was, but get, get, go do your homework and, and read your 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 Bible or whatever. Yeah. I mean, and we we kind of talked <laughs> when we were watching Bible. it about you know what experiences we've had with skating or people that we know that skate and and I had a little bit back when I was in high school. I didn't skate myself, but a lot of friends who did, and I did a lot of fo- photo shoots with them in both vert ramp and ski and street and, and just running around, just taking pictures of them and like, how do you set up and how do you know when to take the pay? And, and seeing that they had Dan, professionals if, doing a lot of these tricks, you're like, Oh, they knew what they were doing. They weren't amateurs. Cause I'm telling you, you're not going to land 99% of those tricks that they did. Let, let me tell you, Dan, the best, here's when you get the best photo when it's the most rad moment. Oh, Duh. there you go. Rad moment. Sorry, I got you this news too late. We gotta, we gotta record that episode still. I know. Rad. I didn't even mean to do that. It's just a way of life. Well, uh, we need to find another movie to watch with it too. So. Totally. Moviebeer yeah. for skating pics of Dan from the eighties. Everyone. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I tried to ollie once, and it did not go well. <laughs> yeah. Randall, do you ever get into skating? Um. Yeah, I had a moment. I think I remember watching this film. I liked. You know, there's a lot of things I. I liked about this film because I think it just captured a moment in time. That's that, you know, it was that eighties. It just had eighties mm-hmm. all over it. You know, what we thought That's was, true. what we thought the coolest thing was in the eighties was in this film from the wardrobe to the act of skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Christian Slater, that yeah, that, Christian that, Slater that, does the way that have he, a very eighties feel about him. Yes. And the way that yeah. teenagers treated each other based on what clothes they wear, not who they were, not what successfulness they had or what they could actually do in life, but what clothes you wore determined mm. how you were treated in high school. And I can yep. tell you with 100% accuracy, that was true. Because I was a high schooler when no. this film came Kids out. Kids are really understanding. They understand if you wear different clothes. Kids, I don't know what you're Today, talking about. Today, <laughs> but not back then. <laughs> I don't think that's changed, actually. Yeah. 
Uh, look at these sweaters they're wearing. I know. There's really, some really, really great awesome. sweaters. And you're in Southern California, and it's like 85 outside, oh, and he's yeah. wearing a wool sweater. You're like, how is that possible? That's always bothered me as someone who doesn't handle heat well. When people yeah. wear like like cowboy movies where they're like full decked out gear and it's noon, like you are, how are you not dead? One of the things that really stood out to me in this film was um, the fact that they. Were, I, I really feel like the directors or the writers or whoever was producing this film was trying to address some of the cultural differences between the I'd Vietnamese ag- community and the rest of the community. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, but it was still treated so <laughs> poorly. Yeah. <laughs> it was so racistly. Like when the um, like when the brother the vietnamese brother got killed just before he got killed and he was like snooping and looking at those documents the soundtrack mm-hmm. was, so horrible. <laughs> was like yeah very, very racist wasn't great not a lot of cultural sensitivity in this no, film no i mean but i i but there were other scenes where i feel like they were really trying like when they were at the there was some vietnamese cultural event on the beach and christian slater shows up there and yeah. he's like saying, "What's all this weird food?" You know, and like and she's she, trying to like she explains it to him. Yeah, she, she educates him. him. She's like, it's no weirder than your weird American food. And so, I will, you know, they, I, I, I get it. They were trying, but still a little cringy. But you <laughs> know, I, I watch. I've seen like things like even as recently as like Friends, and how cringy some of the things they can see say, and that's pretty contemporary. So, yeah, amazing how in Friends there's no black people in New York. Weird, <laughs> none. <laughs> Huh? How many? How oh, many? Man. How many? There were so many bad sitcoms that there were. There was a lot. Yeah, Horrid. there was a lot. Yep. Um, but we're not watching Friends. We're watching Gleaming the Cube. Yeah. And I, what would? Okay. So, lot to love about this film. Yes. You know what? I'm lot to not like. I'm inspired by Randall. I'm trying. I'm a. I want to pick something that I liked. So I have been kind of ragging on this movie. Yeah. Yeah. What did you guys love? What, I I genuinely up? enjoyed the. Uh, I kept calling it the skateboarding footloose scene. Yes. There's a point where it's after his brother gets killed, right? And he's just like frustrated. That was well shot. Uh, he, uh, Christian Slater goes to a, I want to say parking garage and just does like a collection of tricks, which we, you know, differ from the style he does, but he does a bunch of like, you know, pretty intricate skateboard tricks to kind of get through his grief and figure out, like, I just need to get this out. I'm so upset. I can't, it's, this is how I express myself. Yeah. That was really nice. So, yeah, I was telling the guys when we, we saw that, we're like, oh, those that's a completely different skill set. That yeah, Very yeah. few skaters can cross over between doing half pipe, which he did in the movie, to doing street skate, which with all the intricate feet maneuvers, to then doing jumps and things on yeah. a pool, a half, like a, it's not a half pipe, it's just a pool. Like, like a bowl. A bowl. Yeah. Those are three completely different <laughs> talents. A few people can do it all. And that's where I was like, there has some really good pros filling mm-hmm. in for him because these people could do these tricks with like precision. Like you, they probably didn't have to practice a whole lot to do it. They could just do it, which huh. is amazing. And my favorite part yeah. of the movie was very similar to that. It nice. was all of the scenes where you could see, obviously there's a double, Yeah, but they're highlighting this really talented kid or kids or even when there's group scenes i kept picking out tony hawk i'm like you know i grew up i knew who tony hawk was shit i was like (laughs) oh there he is in a pink shirt again and there he is in a different colored shirt and he's driving the you know pizza hut truck which is awesome do you guys know daniel day lewis yes he retired from acting i guess to be a cobbler yes what Mm -hmm. i mean yeah i mean this has been this is old news um christian Christian slater also retired from acting no and he teaches kids skateboarding now. 
What? That that's amazing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was gonna say he was in Mr. <laughs> Mr. Robot just last year. So oh shit, yeah. Never mind. Just kidding. I obviously I don't follow his career. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't either. But I do. I did enjoy him on Archer. But we're not talking about Archer. Yeah, we're yeah, talking, we're about, talking about Archer either. We're talking yeah. about uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> but we can we can now talk about the beers that we. Yeah, have. let's. That's um, a good call. We're gonna pause right. for fake commercial break. We're just gonna keep rolling. Oh yeah, obviously. Blake, All right. give it to us. Commercial break. Commercial. Give us our commercial. Come on down to McSweeney's Murder and Skateboard Emporium. You need to kill a kid who's sleeping around your your, your hotel room, and but you also got a skateboard and do sick tricks with Tony Hawk with his giant hair drapes. Come on down to McSweeney's uh, Mur- Murder Emporium with the skateboards and the murder. It's not, knives are half off, or I'll cut you. I'll cut you. <laughs> We're leaving it in. We're leaving it all in. Oh Lord. Um. Okay. So, welcome back. Moving a snack. Whoa! Hey! 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 <laughs> Movingasnack.com, everybody. Just I have kidding. to set up a union to keep you in line. I'll do it. Moving a beer. Yeah. Um, right. We're talking about Christian Slater's um, probably finest acting work to date. Uh, you keep telling yourself. I was joking that I would love to see <laughs> this character that he plays in Interview with a Vampire. That's right. Like, wouldn't that be such a great movie? Like a skate movie crossed with a vampire movie. I was oh, about man. to say we have that, but they never skate in Blade. He just. No, murders yeah. like a son of a bitch and <laughs> has Blade. amazing one-liners. Aren't they? Isn't that coming back, Blade? I think the Marshall Ali mm. was pitching to Marvel to that he should be Blade, and I think they were considering adding that movie to the slate of movies mm. before everything got shut down. <laughs> okay, so we drank some beers that were as diverse as this movie. Find the coaster. Find the coaster because I spilled a little bit of my beer. Oh, it, ain't, it ain't podcast if it ain't messy. So it's movie and a beer. We talk about movies and we talk about beers. And to be honest with you, I know a fair bit about movies. Same. same. But I don't know a lot about beers. I'm getting and there. You've been learning. I have been learning. And I really love movie and a beer for having a chance to... Well, it gives me a chance to really appreciate the beers. And we had some interesting beers, mm-hmm. right? Yes. We had what some, one I would define as interesting without being mean. Yeah, because we weren't challenging, not a starter there beer. There we go. There we go. The, the phrase is, is, "It's not a starter beer," and it was a st- smart move to put the starter beer between the two other beers, which were really good. Yes. So, Dan, walk us through what we had. Um. So, let me. And I'm going to try to think of as you describe the beers. I'm going to try to make a connection to the film and why I thought these beers went really well. Because I, it's, this this was such an epic film. Like I, I, I didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much right. as I did. There, it had a collection of genres, kind of. There was a lot of stuff happening. There was a movie. lot happening. It was bad, yes, but also it crossed over it, to being rad. It took it took big swings, <laughs> and rad be with you. <laughs> it crossed over to being rad. It, it took big swings, and you know, you you take a big swing, you'll either miss or you'll knock out of the park. And a I think for they, effort. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Okay, so. Yeah, I'll think of. Um, I'm gonna think about that because I feel like why are the why were these beers perfect for this movie? And it, you know what? It was a long movie, so I I mean I had I had two and a half beers, which is a lot of beer for me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think one of them. I'm trying to remember the uh, the. I think the third one I had. So I was finishing off when we started, and then I had the middle one, which I wasn't like uh, blown away by. But the third one, because it got better as it warmed up, mm-hmm. which some beers do, it was like, oh man, by the end of the movie, like, oh, 
oh, this is even better than when it started. Yeah, okay. it was. It was. It, it changed. Like it was like this movie. The number of changes in this better. movie. Yeah. Okay. So so one of the reasons. Uh, so I'm going to plug the place that we bought some of the beers at. So yes. Cerveza, which is down the street from us on Northeast Killings, all North Killingsworth. We really do love going there and picking out beers because they always get stuff from small independent breweries that yes. you can't find anywhere else. So we were there the other day before we watched the movie. What else do we love about Cerveza? Let's just plug them just for a Cheese curds. Time. Cheese curds and chicken Cheese sandwiches. Curds. Chicken sandwiches. Oh, the chicken sandwiches to die for. And their they, pasties are really yummy too. When when they were open, they would uh, their menu was a rotating menu. So if they ran out of a certain a particular beer of a certain style, you could order the next one down. Yes. So you can always get a style you like. Yes. Cerevesa. So, so yeah, their their draft list has always got at least probably about 10 to 12 different beers on it, sometimes mm-hmm. a cider. Their food menu is always really excellent. And they have these cases of beer to go, or you can have mm-hmm. them open it there for you. And right now they do have their full menu to go. They don't have any local sitting yet. They do have some outside tables and a patio that they're building. Mm-hmm. But so, you can get any of their beer to go, and so the, the only problem I have about Cerveza is the name. So it sounds like the woman. Cerveza, like it, it, the it woman throws there. a lot of people off. The woman who opened it, her name is Sarah S A R A S A R A Vesa V E Z A V E Z A dot com. That is literally her name, Sarah Vesa Vesa dot com. Yes. So and she's from you know the Midwest. She's all about the cheese heads. And they have some really beautiful beer paraphernalia and like old collectible too. stuff. And it's, yeah, I, I it's love simple. the uh, the beer ads, like the like yes. German style. Like, uh, don't forget mm. the beer. He's got just covered in yes. food, nice. like plates, and, and yeah. And they do. They have an attached building. Attached They have a, a space attached to them in the same building that does events as well. So they do beer tastings and see if they have any events in August. They oh. have nothing. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> been closed for so long. September, September. Oh yes. Just kidding. That's it's, a nice, nice, it's a nice calendar. Though. Randall, that's me. I'd leave that up on my computer. <laughs> you monster. So, so the amazing thing with Cerveza is so you can go there and find stuff you're not going to find in other tap rooms or other breweries or anything. Yeah. They have really cool distribution channels or direct purchasing from places in other states. And yeah, fun fact, they got beer from uh, Norfolk, Virginia once, where I was, lived for eight years, and yeah. I would not shut up about it. Right, Dan? <laughs> you would not shut up about it. <laughs> I was very excited. So, all, right, all right, they're not paying us. Come yeah, on. no, yeah, no. Let's no, no, no. <laughs> move on to the beer. But we, we plug them freely and openly because they're freaking amazing. Yeah. yeah. So the first beer that... So let me, all right, let me step back again. We were looking through the cooler, and we're like, mm-hmm. all right, we're going to watch Gleam in the Cube. I want to pick right. beers based off of the label. Mm-hmm. Mm. The Blake so, strategy. Yes. So I picked two beers based off the label, and then the third one, which was the not-so-easy beer to drink, was one that we did not buy at Cerveza, but they did have it, but we didn't buy it there. I bought it somewhere else. was a very challenging beer, and that was from a Seattle brewery. The other two were from California, and they both had a very California vibe to them. One of them called Mm -hmm. Westies, which is from Alvarado Brewing Company out of Salinas, California, had a West Coast very stylized sunset picture with a palm tree. And I was like, that's gleaming the cube. It, it really mm. was. It's such a good label. And and the label really kind of fit the beer. It matched the movie. Check out our Instagram. If you want to see pictures of this mm-hmm. beautiful can. Yeah. We, we will be adding things. We did just, and speaking of Instagram, we just added to it and we we're going to be adding stuff to the page as we talk about the wonderful, wonderful pictures and things oh, about that beer. It's like a 
sunset. It's a sunset with a palm tree, and palm it's tree. like on the beach, nice and it's gradient. it's really beautiful looking. So that was our starter beer. Um, we had a really good time drinking it. It was not terribly hoppy. It was kind of medium bodied. We we did then after we had that we're like oh, we have other beers to try so we all cracked open a can of the second one which was called Log Boom, B O O M and that was from Seattle Mac and Jack's Brewing. Oh yeah. So okay yeah. I was, I was confused for a second. I remember the Mac and Jack part. Yeah, Mac and Jack's is a brewery that's been around a long time mm-hmm. and they've started canning a lot of their one offs that they have only in the brewery and this would be one of those and unfortunately. This one is a very challenging hop-forward beer. The citrus and the floral compete against each other. Mm. So it has an odd kind of, there's floral, but then there's this acid hit on it. So you're just like, well, I, this is weird. Um, yeah, I had it, a little hard time with it. The, the flake oat that they put with the malt is, is also kind of very chewy and medium-bodied. And, you know, it, it, if you understand what they're trying to do, mm-hmm. it's good. But if it's, if you're not a, experienced beer drinker i would say steer clear of this one i wasn't a fan but you know what i drank the other two cans that were in the fridge (laughs) (laughs) ain't nothing wrong with that because they were the last cans we've all been there randall yeah and so the uh we we totally wanted to try you know a mac and jacks i got this yeah this can of beer was actually purchased in vancouver washington of all places hey i was up there buying beer from a big beer company that are a distribution liquor store that I'm not going to mention because they're not going to pay us for it. So let's just say a big place with lots of beer and liquor. And you can probably figure out what I'm talking about. The store. The store. <laughs> and, Ooh, uh, I'm going to open a, I'm gonna open a corner store and call it the store. Right. I was trying to find a bunch of different stuff from Washington because we're going to start including Washington beers with our selection of things to drink. And this one kind of was in the cooler and ready to go and wasn't yeah. that expensive. And it was in small cans, not tall boys, and a six-pack for 10 bucks. I was like, bet. I hadn't had it before. I'd had Mac and Jack's Amber before, loved it, mm-hmm. thought, okay, yeah, let's give this too. one a try. I love that one. Not a starter beer. No. So we then finally, we, we kind of finished off the movie with this um, last beer that was out of California from Unsung Brewing Company called their sketchbook series Enzo, E-N-Z-O. So it's an Italian-style Pilsner. The word Enzo is obviously Italian. Mm-hmm. The, the label was a, kind of a sketch of that, a like a gladiator, school, right? Yeah, like it was like something you would see a high schooler do on their notebook or, you know, for or, a class. Or scribbling on their desk. Yeah, and and this was, it was a really, really clean, smooth Pilsner. It didn't have as much floral as most Italian Pilsners do. Yeah, it had, it, it tasted, it, there's there's more personality to it yeah. than other Italian Pilsners have had, but. yeah. Oh yeah, this was a nice looking can. Mm-hmm. Dan, what makes an Italian beer so distinctive. You, you have to have beers. an offensive accent while brewing. Yes, you have to be offensive and <laughs> yell in Italian. Um, so so it, in Italy, the hops that are grown there locally have mm-hmm. more of a floral approach to them than mm. grassy and herbal like they do in Germany and earthen like they do. You don't see Pilsners coming out of England. Interesting. The hops that they have there natively do not work mm. <laughs> with Pilsners. It, it makes a different style of beer altogether. You can make a Pilsner malt. You can do all the same malt body, but if you use similar, try to find similar hops, it's not going to taste anywhere mm-hmm. like it. Mm-hmm. So Italian-style Pilsners, and we did an episode previously for... I believe Ford v. Ferrari. Yes, we mm-hmm. did three Italian Pilsners. We did three Pilsners, and two of them were from Italy, and we didn't really like them either. 
Like they, were, they were too floral. Yeah. Too floral. Yeah. They were too soft and floral. This one, however, is not soft. It has a little bit of bite to it. It did. It, it is well balanced with both the floralness and the citrus kind of piney approach. Mm-hmm. And and it was really drinkable. I really, really liked it. Once it warmed up, the acidity kind of dropped a little bit and it was just yeah. smooth. Mm. So that first good. one was a West Coast IPA. Yes. Which I think of the three, I actually like the Westies the best, but mm-hmm. was really happily surprised by the uh, how well the uh, Enzo kind of worked out as it got mm-hmm. warmer. Like, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, I like that's what I said about the Mac and Jack. Is the Mac and Jack mm-hmm. opened up a bit. Yeah. It sounds sophisticated when I say that. <laughs> well, it did. It, it like wine. You literally when, opened, when the, the, beer when, opened up. When the beer opened up. You literally up opened the can. <laughs> you opened the can and it got flat. So, <laughs> the pale ale. Yes, log boom pale ale. Mm. It's yeah, challenging. Really, not a starter beer. And I think the highest alcohol out of all of them too. I think it's like six point four or something. You got any fun facts about pale ales? Um, it's the most broad ranging in mm. styles of beer because you can call anything a pale ale and get away with it. I like that. Can now is it a pale ale if an albino is brewing it? Is that what makes it a pale ale? <laughs> wow, Only if they're wearing <laughs> boots. Taking such a gotcha, wow. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You don't Take have to wear trainer. gloves, but you have to wear boots. First, the Italians you are, and the albino. You are not a brewer. <laughs> Come on. If you, you are not a brewer. Hey, I didn't do the accent. Boots. Yeah, there you go. Oh, he didn't. And, you I, were, and I can redo nice. it. I can redo it. And just be Caucasian if you I'm want. I'm going to reconsider editing this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so out of the three beers... You give me an inch, I think I'm a ruler. Yeah, you totally know it. So out of these three beers, I think there were things that we liked and didn't like about each of them. As far as what we would recommend with this movie or with Um, Gleaming the Cube in general... I've been thinking that the whole episode. There's there's a lot of approaches you can take. Uh, I would suggest finding something lighter that does have a little bit of interest to it, but Mm -hmm. not going to distract you. Because the movie, you can miss a few scenes and you'll be okay because the story's not that complex. Mm-hmm. It's just you might miss some cool ollieing, and I kept they kept ollieing like the dude ollies over a freaking what did he, he jumped from over a, a street over a pool? He also ollied into a window. He threw a window. He also on the freeway oh, yeah. he ollied over the median, and I was over like, the, how did yeah. he do that? How are you going to launch and go that fast? That was incredible. And hit the guy's gun out of his hand, which was just like, how do you? Uh, uh, obviously, you're not a, a sick skater, bro. I guess not. I've seen some sick skating. I watch X Games every year, and that was some pretty sick stuff going on. Mm. So I'd say the cop in this movie was interesting to me. And he's definitely the uh, the Italian pills of the group. I can um, see that. He was... This character was the cop in the movie that was trying to track down the brother's killer. And he was like a... He was like an older version of Christian Slater's he, character. He felt like a cool older brother. Yeah, totally. So he had that vibe. Um, but he's a little dry, you know. He also dressed really well, too, though. That's so, true. Kind of florally. Pretty looking. Um, I would say the dead brother's the... Is that Mac and Jack beer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the dead Lord. brother's the Mac and Jack beer. He, he, um, went, he went a little too far. Yeah, some of the... Are, um, the direction, the art choices in this film was that Mac and Jack beer, just a little, I'm not sure a why they were doing that little jarring. Um, and that Westies was Christian Slater, obviously, just yeah. like the cool that, can. Yeah. Um, he stayed stylish not, the entire movie. Not super complex, you no. know, pretty straightforward, although um, he had a bit of character. A little so. bit, yeah. No, that, that's a great, that's a, that's a really great analogy. Thank you, Randy, yeah. for that. Cool. Well, this episode is been brought to you by nobody, nobody. pizza hut <laughs> please sponsor yes. us yes. cerveza if you like this episode if you like getting plugged 
Yeah. Plug us up with some, we'll, we'll, we'll holla some at beer you. and chicken sandwiches. Help, help uh, Blake and Dan work help down those out, bar man. tabs. Help <laughs> us out, man. We love you guys. Um, so do we want to close it out? Yeah, let's All close right. it out. Got, it's 37 it. minutes, and I'm not yeah. into this shit. <laughs> That's oh, all super size episode. Maybe cut out some of the beginning parts. Uh, yeah, some of the beginning parts. I'll or put, a in partner a, we, put in a little music. We did wander yeah. a little bit. And that's, yeah, that's fine. Okay. So thank you all for listening to this episode of Movie and a Beer. Uh, this has been Dan Kapersky. Uh, we reviewed the wonderful movie Gleaming the Cube and some three beers that we had. Uh, again, always hydrate while you drink. Get that water in you, especially when it's hot outside. And as our friend Blake would say. Hydrate or dihydrate. You know it. So thank you all for listening. Uh, the uh, As always, the opinions expressed during the taping of this podcast are those of the hosts. Shirtless 80s skateboarding pics of Dan on the website. This is my son's podcast. Uh, Movieandabeer.com. Yes. And our Instagram is what? It's Movie and a Beer. You'll find it. Okay. Cool. We're out there. So thank you all again for listening. Take care. We're in trouble. You got a B plus in calculus. Booming the cube.